You got the call. Welcome to the big leagues, kid. Welcome back to the call-up presented by Triple Play Fantasy. Vinny, my man, it's been a while. How's it going? It's definitely been a while. Uh, you know, computer problems to start off here, other technical difficulties. Nothing's going to stop us, though, so we're going we're gonna to keep on rolling. So. Yeah, very, very observant observant watchers of us might realize that Vinny is uh, rolling with his PlayStation headset uh, in mic. Uh, and that's the result of technical difficulties, but we persevere. It's been way too long since we've been able to bring you guys some hard hitting prospect um, analysis. And uh, I think, I think we've got some good plans now, Vinny. I think we're going to get more into the, into the rhythm now, start putting out shows more frequently but we're, we're starting off with a bang. Uh, I think this is my vibe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. But from my perspective, it seems like this might be your favorite show. You're always talking about the breakout show. And we're doing today our 2024 breakouts. I don't want to put the graphic up too long because it kind of spoils a couple of Vinny's guys. But Vinny, how excited are you to be talking breakouts? I'm very excited. This was actually my first ever show a part of the triple play fantasy crew last year almost to the date i think we're just a couple days off but yeah i love uh love throwing out these predictions and then pulling the receipts when i hit and then forgetting about them when i don't hit so i feel like that that separates you from a lot of analysts i feel like a lot of people really don't actually like to make predictions and, it, and when they do they like to make hot takes because then they can just say oh it was a hot take even i knew it was unlikely but you you like to you like to put it out there and then and then pull up receipts. Um, I want before we get to those receipts, Vinny. I, I just want to say, with this being the off season, we're gonna try and change things up a little bit here. We're gonna use it as a time to try and improve. So one of our goals is we're gonna try and make this conversation and the episodes more casual and just kind of see where the conversation takes us instead of sticking to such a rigid format. But Vinny, since you brought it up, you brought up receipts. Let's let's get right into our first item. Let's talk about uh, your breakouts from last year, your 2023 breakouts. I'm gonna go ahead and pull up the slide here's the receipts Vinny. why don't you walk us through yeah starting off with a big one jonathan class a you know he had a really hot 2022 didn't show uh didn't show that much of a contact ability just the ability to hit the baseball he showed big power and speed which i think he had like 40 plus stolen bases and 20 home runs or something like that something to the point where it was it was to the point where people should have been talking about him more, I believe. Started off this year really hot. Uh, you know, he made the jump all the way to double A and then completely fizzled out, but that doesn't neglect a, a trip to the Futures game. And I think he might even be uh, – in, he's inside some top 100s too. So we've really seen the extension of Class A 
DePaula is another one of these guys that if you were looking at his DSL numbers last year, you're like, wow, why isn't why isn't Jose De La Paula getting more rave? And then it started to trickle out towards December, early January, right when we started getting around to drafts and the Welsh's P180P and stuff like that. But DePaula, you know, a very big 18-year-old at the time, 17-year-old in the Dominican Summer League, pushing 6'3", maybe 190, 200 pounds, plus hitter, plus power, and then you're looking pretty much just solid tools all around, a corner outfielder, you know, probably 10, 15 stolen bases a year. Vinny, maybe before, even less. Bef- oh, sorry. I was going to no, say, before you, before you continue – I I was thinking that these first two guys, these were maybe two of your best calls here. Uh, let me pull the graphic back up. Jonathan Class A and uh, I can't say his name, De Paula Josue. Josue De La Paula. Josue De La Paula. Um, I w- I'm just pulling them up as you're talking about him on, on fan graphs. And right now, I, I always say that, fan tracks. They, they really shouldn't have gone with such similar names. I'm pulling them and up on Fantrax. Fangraphs is where you go when you want good stats. Fantrax is where I go when I want a just quick single number that can tell me how the fantasy community is valuing them, and that's their roster percentage. I noticed that De La Paula is rostered in 40% of leagues, and Class A is rostered in only 33% of leagues, which seems quite low to me, especially for someone who had such a strong breakout. I... I'm curious then, how about as we're going through this list, you let us know which guys you think are still being undervalued, which guys are now overvalued, because part of what a breakout is, is picking a player that we think's value will increase. And sometimes that increase is, compl- is more unwarranted than even we expect it to be. So are they being overvalued, undervalued, or, or was it just a complete whiff on you? So let's get let's get back to, into the list. Uh, starting with, let's go back to Class A. You don't have to give me your analysis on him again. Uh, but would you say un- still undervalued that that thirty three percent roster number on on fan tracks? It would be. I don't know how far back you can see his roster numbers, but I I would guess probably until like June he was easily over sixty percent owned, just because of how hot he was at Everett. And then, like I said, he got up to Double A and. The strikeouts came and knocked him out. So I th- there's a potential that he could be undervalued, I believe, because he's putting up similar stats that I called uh, the breakout for. Like we're seeing big speed, big power, a lot of strikeouts, but it is more advanced pitching. I don't know if he could take a step forward in AAA or if he repeats next year at AA. So I'm going to say he's probably perfectly, perfectly ranked a little, but I lean a little bit towards under it. All right, maybe a little under a 33% down from a probable peak because of strikeouts. What about De, uh, De Paula? 40% roster. 40%? I think that is way undervalued. The bat and the projection alone is phenomenal. We're talking like Baby Jordan, which that, that nickname's getting thrown around so much that you can't even really take legitimacy to it. But yeah, I would... I would expect as we get closer to the season, he should be probably around the 75, 80% mark of being rostered. You would give um, 
Dave Paula that nickname of of Baby Yordan over. I forget. I'm blanking on his name, but that Lazaro Montes. Yes. Who who would you if you had to pick one? Who would it be? I I would have to go Montes just because we saw crazy power from him this year. We've not seen the crazy amount of power yet from DePaula, but after a se- next season, we could be saying I could be saying something completely different. I could totally switch my view. But I yeah, think six- Mont- I was just, I think Montez was the moment, Vinny, that I knew that you were on a different level when it came to prospect analysis than many of the guys out there. I mean, it was almost like you manifested the Montez power breakout. It was like you mentioned him and then he went on that crazy tear and everyone was talking about him. Yeah, it's crazy because usually whenever I start like banging the drum for someone, I have to see footage of it. And I saw him hit, I think it was his first home run maybe in the Cal league and just the, the amount of just power he showed in just that at bat was unbelievable. Like we knew he had 60 plus raw power, something like that coming out of the J 15 class, but against the level of pitching that he was seeing and for him to do that to a baseball was un unfathomable. Well, Montez is not a guy on this list, but it's a it's a reason for people to continue to listen to us throughout the year. Yes, we give you our top breakouts in the moment here, but throughout the year, there are other guys that we start to see where we're predicting breakouts. Montez is a guy that Vinny absolutely nailed. You would have been on him before anyone else in your league. And even if you didn't even like him as much as uh, as maybe Vinny did, you would have been able to sell him for for like a I mean, I, I don't know the ratio, but it, he went up quite a bit. Let's let's keep let's speed run through this this list here, Vinny, because I don't want to spend too much time on the 2023 breakouts. Uh, Nelson Rada, a guy I know you're still a big fan of. Um, what what are your thoughts? Still still uh, undervalued a little bit. He's 21 percent rostered. Still severely underrated. We're talking about a kid that spent most of the 2023 season as a 17-year-old in low A, putting up a 300-plus BABIP, a 300-plus OBP slug and WOBA, 113 WRC+, and just to sprinkle on top of it, 55 stolen bases. The body is still nowhere near done growing and filling out like we could see this guy potentially be a 280 20 20 easily a 20 like 40 type of guy when everything's done the angels is a sketchy organization but there's so much raw talent in rada that it it's hard not to roster him so yeah so severely underrated i i believe if he takes the step forward he is one of these guys that is solidified inside the top 50 maybe even higher like the upsides monstrous for him i'm confident saying these first guys that we've talked about all absolute hits you knocked it out of the park with all three calling for the breakout i'm not so sure about this fourth guy yeah uh yison morabell outfielder of the texas rangers what do you think Vinny? would you say uh was this your first miss uh, I'm not going to call the miss just because he got so he got hurt so early in the season. He only played 30 games. Totally fair. Was already showing a step forward with his ability to hit baseballs, his plate discipline, his ability to recognize pitches. It looked like he was putting everything together. Like he was on the same team as Gutierrez. And I really like Anthony Gutierrez, but watching the first, you know, 20 some games of him, 
you could tell that he was more the probably the most advanced hitter on that team. Uh, I forget, I forget if it was a leg injury or an arm injury that ended his season, but he was already at 12 stolen bases in 37 games plus hitting over 270. This could potentially be a breakout for next year too. Like, I was just going to ask. Six, we have like not it. seen him on a full season yet. I didn't include him on this list just for everyone listening, but I really like Moriable and he is really cheap. So I would, uh, I'd probably stash him in dynasty very quickly before people catch on. Interesting. So even, even when you might, you might miss, there's still reason to be optimistic and maybe, maybe ice and Moribel will be a, a breakout this year. Now this next guy, I almost don't even want to let you talk about him, Vinny. <laughs> I know you love him. He was absolutely a breakout. The, the exit velocities on this guy, quite impressive. Uh, Moises Ballesteros, Vinny. I, I'm telling you, Vinny, we got to speed run this so we can get to our, to our, to our 2024 <laughs> breakouts, but go off, go ahead. Tell everyone yeah. about your favorite Cubs prospects. And it's kind of funny. Cause if you listen to my breakout, uh, my reasoning before I, behind his breakout, it was completely wrong. I believed that Ballesteros was going to stop being this contact oriented, uh, hitter and start selling out for power, but he did not do that at all. He perfectly blended it together and became a top five prospect according to baseball America now in the, Cubs the Cubs system. system. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, <laughs> but a little sprinkle on top of that, um, Kylie McDaniels who works for marquee network. It's the Cubs like, uh, like news network. They have like their own TV network. Uh, she was hearing stuff from other organizations, people in other organizations that view Moises Ballesteros as a top 50 prospect. So if that, if there's legitimacy to that, He's severely underrated. We're talking about plus hit, potential plus power. If he starts filling out his body and putting on good weight, the only really question mark around him is where he plays in the field. Like I think he's solid enough to stay a catcher, but I I believe they're trying to put him at first base. But the bat's legit, and I'll take the bat. So if he's borderline top fifty prospect, he's rostered in twenty. 20- Three percent of leagues probably still a little undervalued. Honestly, I I've ro- I was rostering him. I ended up moving him uh, for for a, a person or to an owner that valued him even more than I did. But I can tell you for sure that he is undervalued. I had almost no one asking about him when people when he's ar- was arguably one of my best prospects. I'm in a thirty team league, uh, and very few managers were were asking about him. When in my opinion, everyone should have been asking about his availability. All right, Vinny, uh, let's let's do these next four uh, rather quickly. You take me through. You tell me which ones you think you hit on, which you think you missed on. Well, I'll take I'll go with my biggest swing and miss. It's Wildred Patino of the Arizona Diamondbacks. I don't know. Maybe I just got too excited into looking into Jonathan Classe's uh, 2022 and then saw a very similar 2022 with Patino and was hoping for a step forward with the bat. Never, never happened. The speed stayed there. He, you know, last year was 67 stolen bases, followed up this year with, what was it, 54? Just, I was, I was hoping for the power to take a step forward. It never did. And the hit tool actually stayed the same, maybe regressed a little bit. So I'll take that one as a swing and a miss. But still, the speed's interesting and the defense is interesting, but not enough for like to roster in Dynasty. He's actually rostered in two times the number of leagues than than Moribel is rostered in. So uh, maybe Moribel is uh, even as someone who was injured 
very, very underrated if he's under the levels of Wildered Patino. How about Hendry Mendez of the of the Phillies? Uh, man, he's he's going to be one of these guys that if you look at his stats, he's never going to shine. But if you look at the underlying stats, like he's absolutely mind blowing. Uh, we saw him this year take a step forward at the plate. The second half of the season, started hitting the ball more, getting more loft in his swing, more extra base hits, followed that into the fall league. Plate discipline still a little sketchy. Pitch recognition still a little sketchy. But he was he was good enough that the Phillies went out and traded for him, uh, I think, two days ago, three days ago. He was in the Oliver Dunn, Robert Moore trade to the Phillies. But he's been younger than every single level he's played at, 20 years old. A little funny stat here, him and Luis Lara, who is another uh, hyped-up outfield prospect in the Brewers organization, were only a year and two days apart, and they were playing pretty much in the same league. So I don't know. He's one of these guys that you got to keep tabs on just because of how young he is and what we're seeing, and you know he's not done developing. So I, he's one of these guys to look and watch. I don't think he was good enough to for me to – to say he was a good breakout pick, but he's still young. What about J.R. Ritchie of the Atlanta Braves? Man, he was off to a hot start, ended it. His season ended after, uh, let's see, I think five games he had to get Tommy John, but he led the Cal or the Carolina League, I think, in K9. He had 25 Ks and 13.1 innings with a 105 whip, but a 540 ERA. But my reasoning behind him still stands that I have last year. Like this kid is electric, plus slider, plus fastball. They cleaned up the delivery and his. Uh, oh my goodness, I can't, can't think. But they cleaned up his whole entire uh, delivery arm angle, everything like that. Looked more refined this year. If he doesn't get Tommy John, like there's a world that he's inside the top 10 right now or inside like the top five for the Braves. Like the Braves love these slider fastball guys. And I still think there's a lot of high upside with him. All right. Final guy on the list. X uh, member of Craig Breslow's team. I guess <laughs> that's because Breslow left. Uh, but Luke yeah. little, another cub here, your favorite org still like Luke little. Yeah. Luke little man uh, saw him last year. They were trying so bad to keep him a starting pitcher. He got called up to high South Bend, finished out the year's starter there, went up to double A next year and was converted to the bullpen and then blew through the minors. Like it's yeah. very rare. You see a left-handed relief pitcher that throws a hundred with three plus pitches. So it's re- I, like, I understand why they did it. And he got called up this year and was very good in his three appearances. So I'll take that as a hit. So you know, he wasn't a starting yeah, I mean, pitcher. He made, he made the majors. It might have been as a relief pitcher, but yeah, he made and we've majors. yet we've yet to see a huge sample size from him too. So he might not be a breakout for dynasty. He could be a redraft darling next year, depending on what they do in the off season, because there's a lot of spots left in that rotation, especially in the bullpen too. We're cleaning house. Everyone, we're cleaning house and pretty much seeing what we're gonna move around Otani, hopefully in this next couple of weeks. But yeah, Luke Little has a scary arsenal for a, a relief pitcher that you don't see very often. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it now. 12 Ks and 6.2 innings in the majors. That is a short, small sample, but uh, 12 Ks, 6.2 innings. Uh, for a guy who blew through the entire minors last year, nothing to scoff at. All right, Vinny. Well, you told me when we were coming into this that you had a 60% hit rate, but based on the way you just described everyone, it, it seems like maybe it was closer to a 90% hit rate. I, I Let's see, how many guys do you have on the list? Nine guys. It sounded like you still liked eight of the nine. Which what that puts you at 80, 89%. Yeah, but I counted I counted the ones that got hurt as losses because technically they did gotcha. not break out. So ah. I mean if ah, you want to have push. a technicality, it's more like a yeah. It's more like an eighty five, but uh, don't you know when uh if you if you make a bet on a, on a let's say random baseball game and the pitcher gets injured in the first inning and you lose, that's not a loss. Can't count no, that as not. a loss. Can't you can't factor that into your analysis. All right, Benny, let's get let's get into our our 2024 breakouts. I'm excited for this because we know Vinny's going to bring the heat, but Vinny asked me to bring some of my breakout picks. I have far less of an idea of what I'm doing, but I got to play analyst a little bit here. And what we're going to do is Vinny's going to share an actual breakout pick. So, and you should listen to that. And then what's going to happen is I'm going to share one of mine. I have five guys. Vinny has six. And Vinny is going to tell me why I am wrong, if I'm wrong. Oh. But I, we'll see. We'll see. So, uh, Vinny, why don't we start with your first guy, an actual breakout for the 2024 season. Who you got? Okay, my first guy, if you've been listening to the show, I have actually mentioned before a few episodes ago, but it is the 16-year-old shortstop in the Atlanta Braves organization, Mario Baez. Man, yes, let I me tell when you. you mentioned him, Vinny, because you put his name in the graphic is Morrow. <laughs> and then yeah. I said Morrow, and you're like, ah, you idiot. Tricked you. You got me yeah. good. Oh, man. Let me tell you, this kid, there's little, little bit of footage out there to see of him. But matching up the footage to the stats, this kid's, this kid's going to be big. I don't know if it's going to be this year or next year because he's very young, but it's a big, strong, uh, big, strong one. He, they have him listed at like 175. He looks like he's probably pushing 190 now. Um, five nine. I, you know, I hate going off of the weight and whoa, whoa, height whoa, whoa, stats whoa. of everywhere. I, I hate to interrupt you, Benny. Five five nine, and and pushing 190. Is he going to stick at shortstop? That's where that's where I was heading. Okay. I don't think it's accurate anymore. He looks like he's probably now six foot, maybe six foot one. Okay. Like there's still projection on this body. And we don't know, like he could come in this year with a growth spur. He just turned 17, like less than two months ago. So he shows to have a very good eye at the plate. We're talking about a 9% uh, percent, almost a 10% walk rate to a walk rate, a walk rate to a 12% K rate. A 346 Babbitt, like he shows the ability to hit baseballs. He has a good feel for hit, decent, you know, eye at the plate, good discipline. The defense looks very sound too, even for him being a quote unquote small statured guy. But man, if he puts on some weight this year in this off season, it's there's a potential that he could easily just blow up next year. And we're talking him like. Similar to like a, I don't want to say Sebastian Walcott, but like a, 
kind of like a Marco Luciano a couple years ago uh, came through later in the season uh, during complex and uh, absolutely blew up. So I don't know, like three home runs for a 16 year old. That's under 180 pounds. That's something to really keep an eye on. And then he continued hitting all through the season. I'm surprised we didn't see him get the bump to uh, the Florida complex league, but he will probably be starting there next year, 17 and potentially he could be potentially an a ball later next year at 17 years old. So there's a lot to like about him. Starting us off with an absolute bang. I, he's zero percent rostered in tracks. I uh, I've added him to my watch list, oh. which is what big deal because uh I, we just reset our league, so he's the first member of my watch list. Yeah, I'll tell. There's a little technicality with that because I do have him rostered in a very deep dynasty, so it is not zero percent. Okay, uh, yeah, I mean if it's zero point four percent, it will show it's zero percent <laughs> in tracks. I. uh I'm in a this is a pretty deep league I'm in as well. He's not rostered. It's 30 teams. Each team rosters 20 prospects. And uh, during the offseason, even more prospects than that. So pretty deep league here. I don't your my yours might be deeper than that. Anything past 30 teams though, Benny. Is it more than that? We have 50, I'm pretty sure. This is a prospect. How, how's fun? It's a prospect uh it's a league ran by prospects 1500s uh, Scott Green. It's uh. We basically drafted everyone as as minor leaguers, and then as they got called up, we started filling rosters. So we've been wow. doing this for like two years now. But yeah, like it's I kind of like that. It's pretty interesting, you know. It it really messes with your draft strategy. You're like, hey, okay, do I want to reach for guys that are going to play this year and win, or do we want to we want to sit back and wait on a couple guys and be a monster next year or something like that? So it's very it's very strategic. Well, you you've you've taken the the breakout pretty pretty extreme here and picked a guy that obviously not many people are talking about. I'm gonna start. I I, or, I ordered my five guys from the most rostered on tracks to the least rostered, and this guy it, right now he's rostered in 19 percent of leagues, um, which honestly I think is an underrepresentation because he's a first year player guy, which means as more leagues draft, his roster percentage will go up. But I still think when, when I'm thinking of a breakout and I know the definition of a breakout is kind of, it's, it's not very exact and everyone interprets it differently the way I specifically interpret it. And we might be different in this regard, Vinny, but I'm trying to find a guy that I just think will be valued more by the time I am done with him than by the, than by the time I pick him up. So a guy could be 90% rostered. And if I think he should be a hundred percent rostered in a way that is a breakout to me. Now, uh, in this case, we're dealing with a guy who's rostered 19% of leagues. I already said he's first-year player draft guy, and he's the re- reason I am dressed and what I am dressed today, if you're watching, which is uh, the team I, the high school I coach for's gear. I've got our hat on, and I've got one of our sweaters on, and that's because we never got to face this guy this year. We have faced him in the past, but he, he uh, plays at our level in Colorado, 3A, his name's Walker Martin. Vinny, are you familiar with Walker Martin? Yes, very All right. familiar with Walker Martin. Very okay. I I've got some reasons. I want to explain why I think he's a he's a breakout. So I I don't think there's really any debating the pedigree of this kid. I think most people would tell you he was a first round quality player. He was taken in the second round, but. He was given, let's see, I've got it written down here, 2.99, so let's call it $3 million um, in the second round when slot was $1.62 million. So he was given 
uh, over a slot as if he was valued as a first round player. I don't think that is really the debate. And I think people realize that. I do think him go- dropping to the second round may suppress his roster percentage a little bit, but I think what's what could be suppressing it even further is this guy has no minor league stats yet. He, for whatever reason, did not play after he got drafted. So no one's seen this play, which means he's going to be forgotten about a little bit. But I'm telling you, this guy is an absolute stud. So just uh, some notes I have on him. He was a two-way star It was 3A at Eaton High School in Colorado. Now, if you're unfamiliar with Eaton, this is a football and baseball powerhouse. And it is in Colorado, but Austin Eckler, for example, went to Eaton. Uh, They are one of our rivals, uh, more specifically in football, because we don't hold a candle to them in baseball. But they are one of our they are one of our rivals. But because he was a two part uh, sports star and one of the best athletes in the in the class, he went a little overlooked early on in the recruiting process just because he wasn't playing in as many showcases as other guys were people who were playing baseball year round. Because at that point, I mean, he was that good at football. He was the quarterback of the of the Eaton High School team. So gets a little overlooked. Um, But then he starts to make some noise. He goes on. I don't remember exactly where, what showcase tour he went on. He played a little, and scouts started to take note of him. At this point, his his stock raises a ton, but he's still only considered about a third-round quality prospect, maybe second round by the guys who like him the most. But the question for him became, yes, but what about the power? What about the in-game power? And boy, did Walker Martin answer the questions about his power because he went on in his senior year of high school to hit 20 home runs, which led the nation. Yes, it was in Colorado, but the thing you got to remember, yes, it's at high altitude, but Colorado plays a lot less baseball than a lot of schools in big baseball States because they can't play as many games. So he hit 20 home runs in 79 plate appearance or uh, 79 at bats. He had a lot more plate appearances because he got intentionally walked quite a bit, but Leads the nation in home runs, hitting one in over a quarter of his at-bats, which is just uh, completely ridiculous. Elevates his draft stock to a first-round talent. And if you don't trust my word for it, uh, I'm in this uh, – I'm going to name drop a little bit here. I'm in a Survivor fantasy group, uh, like the TV show Survivor on CBS. I'm in a group with Chris Clegg and uh, drew wheeler and i was giving them my breakouts and each of them said their favorite guy on my list was walker martin and and clegg said the the questions that he had about his power are just mind boggle him because he had 99 percentile exit velocity on that tour he played on and he has and i think i i want to say it was 80 mile now let me check Yes, uh, Clegg said it was 80 miles per, uh, per hour on his swing, which obviously is elite. So Clegg likes him. Vinny, is this this a good pick by me? Yeah, that is actually a very good pick because I covered a lot of draft this year. For I don't, I don't know why, like more than usual this year. But Martin was one of these guys that started uh, started the year pretty under the radar. But as we got closer and closer, you kept on hearing like, oh, Walker Martin, is he... Does he solidify himself for the second? And then as we got like, I don't know, like a week or two away, there was buzz that we could potentially see him in the teens. Like the power with him is arguably maybe the best of the prep class. I would I would even say it's better than Max Clark. I'm not a big believer in the 
the Max Clark hype, the Clark hype right now, but we'll we'll see. He, he could prove me wrong, but man, like him hitting bait, like watching him, he kind of gives off like early 2018 Nolan Gorman vibes, like very advanced power. We need to wait and see the hit tool kind of like catch up to the power. I he, it's hard because I don't know if he sticks at shortstop. I, I my guess would be he he won't. He's uh yeah he is a tremendous athlete. Clegg also said he's the best. He was the best athlete in the entire class. I I don't know if I completely agree with that, but he's up there, and that that's obviously evident by him being a star football player as well. He. I, I don't I also I don't know I was seeing some, I've seen him play shortstop he doesn't look like an MLB shortstop to me but also like again this was a kid people said I don't know if I see the in-game power and then he went and proved everyone wrong and I don't know if it, I made it clear but I'm not just liking this kid because he's from Colorado he literally attends one of our rival schools so it's hard for me to swallow that for I didn't mention it but he, he's a great athlete so I don't know if he sticks at shortstop he's definitely athletic enough I think it's maybe he doesn't have the just pure speed, but we'll see. Uh, I, I do want to keep us moving. We have a, quite a few more pro, uh, guys here, but it sounds like Vinny, you like my first choice and that makes sense. Cause he's the highest rostered, yeah. <laughs> but why don't you give us your next breakout? All right. My next one is Kevin Castillo of the Los Angeles angels. Another name I have mentioned before in the call up, man, let me tell you, like, uh, this is how I, Started to get onto the Nelson Rada train last year, a 16-year-old destroying the Dominican Summer League. This one's different because he spent most of the year at 17. But statistically speaking, Kevin Castillo right now is like the best Dominican Summer League player the Angels have ever had. Um, showed the ability to absolutely barrel baseballs. It was hard, consistent contact. A nice left-handed swing with loft. The body is projectable. Like everything you're looking for a, a just a high upside type of outfield hitting prospect, he checks all the boxes. And then on top of that, like watching what like the DSL is pretty interesting because I feel like for them being affiliated with teams and all this stuff, like I don't see a lot of footage trickle out if you're not getting it from like a team source. Like you very rarely find like maybe a clip on Twitter or if you dig down, you can find some footage from when they were throwing out uh, footage for the J15 class. But Castillo, if we're really going to break down his stuff, it's to the point where you could argue it was Dominican summer league pitching, but to the extent of how he was destroying it is pretty mind boggling. Here, let me pull up some of the, like a 490 Woba, a 549 Slug, a 478 OBP, a 371 average, a 171 WRC plus, 15.4% K rate to a 17.1% walk rate. On top of that, three home runs, 23 stolen bases, and 10 doubles, three triples, or uh, seven triples, my bad. Like the triples are intangibles. You really can't project them out. It just shows that he's very speedy, especially with the 23 stolen bases. But, you know, the home runs and the doubles really tell a story. And then how he, to sum it up, he destroyed the Dominican Summer League pitching to a point where it, I don't think it's a fluke at all. And, you know, we're going to probably see him 
Yeah, I, I'm not confident we see him at the complex next year because of what they did with Rada this year and sent him straight to low A. So there's a potential we see him at low A to start the year next year, which I guarantee you he's like under probably 3% rate, like uh, rostered in fan tracks, maybe even not in a point besides me. But like, I oh mean, if this is the type of guy that goes off next year and just flies up prospect lists. Adding him to the watch list. I've now got a watch list of two, both your both your breakouts. He's uh, he's rostering a little more uh, leagues than your last guy, two percent. But together, you're at two percent. I've I've picked one guy. I'm at nineteen percent. So you're definitely you're definitely playing on expert mode so far, yeah. buddy. I know you got at least one guy in there. I have two guys that are. There's two guys that are probably going to be pretty decently. Yeah, you're making you're making me look silly. We're going in the opposite directions, I think. Uh, I'm going to go with my next guy, and I just told you about Walker Martin, who I think people might be forgetting because they have no stats for him, and so he might be falling a little more, and thus is undervalued, and thus posed for a breakout. This is a guy I'm going to say upfront, overvalued, entirely overvalued. I I don't know what I'll say. He's already over rostered. He's also rostered in 19% of leagues. I really don't think talent wise it's justifiable yet however i'm still picking him as my breakout uh and that is uh your donnie monegro of the boston red sox he's a pitcher now let me explain why this guy is going to be a hype machine for starters red sox are you know we just went and got craig bradslow oh sorry i'm not a red sox fan anymore uh they just (laughs) and i uh freud didn't slip let's say i'm a yankees fan now uh but they went and got out um uh, they they sent Heim Bloom away. They said your pitching development sucks. You got like the 17th best farm system for pitchers. That's not going to cut it. The major league pitching is not getting the job done. I I, I kind of disagree. I think the the defense. I, whatever. Anyways, they bring in Craig Breslow. Clear pitching emphasis. That that all right there is going to shift everyone's opinion of the Red Sox system. It's now being run by a pitching guy and Craig Breslow. So that's already going to bump up the, the perceived value of some of these, these top Red Sox pitching prospects. But here's the real reason I'm going to, I'm going to see, let's see if I can, I can do this. Uh, I'm going to share my screen. Now I have a bunch of screens up. I have three monitors in my laptop. So, um, Oh boy. <laughs> they do not make this easy. Okay. Hopefully Vinny, you will let me know. Is this sharing? It is. Okay, good. Yeah. We can see it. All right. This is Manegro, And this is the reason he's going to be an absolute hype machine. It's because people are going to fall in love with this guy. You're going to see electric stuff, but look at this kid's demeanor. I'm going to play this video right here. We can get a taste of it. 50 seconds. Just watch the swag. Just watch the swag here. I mean, this is this is the type of pitcher, modern game. He's got, I mean, what pitching ninja? He loves good stuff. Kid obviously has to see it, but he loves the K strip more. This is a guy that's gonna get attention. He's going to get overhyped. So I'm calling him a breakout because he's his value is going to skyrocket as more and more people see him and see him pitch well. He does pitch well. Um, and I'm going to then capitalize on this kid's value. I have no long-term plans for him. I have exclusively short-term. I'm going to trade him after the breakout continues. Vinny, what do you think of my pick here? A little bit unusual pick here because I'm telling you he's overvalued. You're Donnie you know, Monegro. I've heard about your Donnie this year. I've really, I've done like little itty-bitty dives into him, but 
I will say the one takeaway I do have from watching footage of him is he reminds me a lot of uh, Luis Patino, like a name that kind of uh, fizzled out very but, quickly. But had some hype though. You got to have a lot of hype. Yes. The one thing to really watch is, you know, the fastballs, all of his pitches are average except that curveball. That curveball is, I, you know. Yes. Three. The fastball looks good to the untrained eye, which yeah. is why he'll get overhyped. But like but the curveball is elite. You're correct. If you look around at all the publications, like you see like a 55 curve, but actually looking and watching how hitters perceive it, I would say it's a 66 pitch. Like he gets most of his strikeouts on that curve. Like that is his close hit. That's his deal sealer right there. It's and his he, every pitch. It's and his he, whole yeah, approach. he pairs it really well with all of his other solid offerings that arguably probably make them a little better a little elevated the command has been shaky at times but you know he's still he's 21 there's still a lot of time and now that the i will tell you with breslow coming to the red sox as a cubs fan uh this could be a guy that completely just goes nuclear next year because they. that's have, what i'm saying every really, sign is pointing to nuclear breakout they have really refined he really refined our pitching in our system to a point where some would argue we have maybe a top 10 pitching organization of baseball now. So yeah, like this is, this is a kid that with Breslow, with the pitch, with projection, like this is a guy who could absolutely go crazy next year. Like it's not out of the question. Yeah. He's going to go crazy. He is a pitching prospect, which is why I think you got to capitalize. The reason I know he, he is a little overvalued, uh, the real best pitching prospect in the Red Sox system who has a closer proximity to the majors is only rostered in 10% of leagues. That's Luis Perales. That's the guy you actually want. That's the actual breakout. That's the guy you pick and you keep. This is the guy you pick and you trade. But Vinny, I'll let you go. I'll let you go with your next guy. I'm done talking Red Sox. All right. My next one is going to be Braylon Morrell of the Texas Rangers. Let me tell you. Okay. Like, I I kept my eye on the DSL box scores all season. Man, when the footage started coming out of this kid, I started to lose my mind. We are talking about a 17-year-old that is standing at 6'2", 180. Um, and is a very young 17. He will probably, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he will play most of next year at 17. Uh, let me, uh, let's see if I can send you the clip. Or maybe not. Uh, yeah. This is probably... I've seen, you know, like, Vlad Guerrero. I've seen Lewin Diaz at his height. I've seen a bunch of power hitters through my time of watching minor league baseball, especially in person. This might be the easiest raw power I think I might have, I might have ever seen. Like, the, the amount uh, of thump that he puts into baseballs. I, I know it's DSL pitching, and this will probably come back to bite me really hard next year just because it's dsl pitching but the way the ball jumps off of the bat is just it almost feels like every at bat for him is like a home run derby it really tells in the stats too with a 24 percent k rate but man is this uh it, it's just it's so fun to watch that it's like if he puts everything together he is like the next Jackson Churio. Like it's to that point. I just sent you the clip on Twitter. Let's see if you can pull it up from the uh, uh, Rangers. I, uh, I'm not logged into the, my Twitter. Let's oh, see. okay. 
all about. Yeah, that, I'm uh, I'm on my I I explained this to you earlier. I'm on my work laptop because it runs oh. smoother, so right, I can't let's... log into Twitter on my work laptop. All right, let's I, take a I'm second. Let's links. see if I can. Uh... I, I can try and send it to myself if you want to keep talking. Yeah. But yeah, I, man, let's see. Uh, I broke down. I tried to find stuff to just absolutely poke holes on this kid to make sure to make me come back down to reality. And I really just couldn't like DSL 17 year old, 300 ISO 444 Babbitt, 344 average 417 OBP 644 slug 485 Woba. 168 WRC plus a 36% ground ball rate to a 22% line drive rate and a 41.7% fly ball rate. He is a pull killer of a hitter, but man, like I said, a 17 year old standing at 62180, he's not done growing. There's he still has two or three more years of development still left in that body. And just look at, Look at the presence of him in that plate. Like he ambushes and absolutely just Ooh. kills baseball. I don't know like, if the sound was coming through when no, I was it's, sharing. It's it. not, but let me tell you. Oh, you, it sounds good. Please go give him a watch because watching this, I lost my mind. And uh, you can hear it now. I'm losing my mind. Uh, he's got that swag too that, that he, I think people will he that has just that, like. He has that kind of J Rod kind of swag to him too, yeah. which is. I don't I'm like not, that he's a righty, but I yeah. like him. He he's a guy, uh, Vinny. I, I I'm I'm I don't mean to cut you off again, but we got to keep this moving. But yeah. smart people I have seen say his name because uh, I have a note that Dylan White likes him from his uh, Robo mm, Scout from interesting from uh, Baseball America. So the scout, so you see, he passes the eye test. Dylan White likes him. That means he passes the stats test as well. Uh, I cannot figure out how to unshare my screen. There we go. <laughs> All right. All right, moving to my next guy, and and um, oh, let's see. I, I meant to see how how rostered he was. He's uh, probably pretty highly rostered now. Once we're in the off season, I can't even find him. I I've, I uh, am now looking at all my watch lists from last year because he's on that list. There he is. Now he's zero percent. So, That's underrated. Go pick him up immediately as you're listening to this right now do it all right here's my guy this is a guy who used to be zero percent uh we talked about him two weeks ago Vinny, and i'm gonna go through my same spiel that we went to that i went through with you um he's now up to six percent roster but i'm gonna stick with him uh and that's jancel luis of, of the arizona diamondbacks so i'm just gonna go through this real quick this is the process and you know this i've already i've already went through this spiel with you uh but i went to fan i went to fan graphs and I filtered on their prospect board. I wanted above 50 grade hit tool, raw power, game power, and speed. Those are kind of the, the, the fantasy skill tool shed. Uh, those are the fantasy skills we're looking for. So I wanted those guys. And then I went to scout the stat line, another great database source. Um, Ross Jensen. Yeah. Rob Ross Jensen. Thank you. Make sure to give his side a look. It is worth uh, the uh, the the small it's very it's way too cheap of a yeah. subscription fee, but it's really worth is. it. Um, they're on to guys all the time early there, but I went to to his list and took uh, prospects ranked in the top 150. So basically, guys that the scouts love for their fantasy tools, and the guys that the stats nerds like Ross love. 
And here's who I came up with the list. Here's to prove that this is a good list. The top of the list, Jackson Holiday, Wyatt Langford, James Wood, Dylan Cruz, Roman Anthony. Consensus, we talked about it last time, Vinny. Consensus, top 20 guys, top 15, top 10, depends on the list. Consensus, top guys. Next tier of guys on the list, Drew Gilbert, James Triantos, Cole Young. Emerging guys, uh, you know, some, I know Vinny, you don't, I think it's Triantos you don't necessarily like, but these are guys you'll find in the top 100 on it and certain lists. Next tier of guys. These are, these are when we're starting to get into the breakout list. And actually there's a guy Vinny that I think you're going to be talking about uh, in this next year. There's Carlos Jorge, Brian Ramos, Jason Cheerio, and Dylan head. I'm not going to say which one Vinny's going to pick, but one of those guys, yeah, Vinny's nodding his head. Um, if you're a frequent listener of the show, you already know, but yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> interesting note here, Vinny, when we talked about this last time, Brian Ramos, 16% rostered, had a great AFL. He's now 26% rostered. Breakout list, I'm telling you guys on here. The lowest rostered guy on the list, the last guy to make the list, Jancel Luis. He's in really strong company here. He's only 6% rostered. I'm taking a shot on this kid who's passing both the scout test and the stat test. Do you like Luis? Yes. I actually had no clue about Luis until I saw um, Alex Jensen. That is like his guy. I'm pretty sure he, he, he called him as my guy this year, man. Like I really like Christopher Torin. He didn't make my breakouts list. Cause there was, I feel like there's, I like Torin big, as well, big names, but Oh man, Luis. Like I, I am kind of, uh, I kind of, Stan the Diamondbacks because I used to go see they used to be my closest minor league affiliate up in Kane County but man like watching him he gives off like he kind of gives off like Geraldo Perdomo vibes right now but you can definitely see in his body and his swing like there is power and plus he's a switch hitter Vinny's vibes he he looks at the kid he's like I see a future guy who can play decent defense and will just bunt every time it matters yeah I'm I'm not talking about future projection I'm just talking about like projecting the body of what I saw at the same time kind of compared the levels but man he is a scary talent like I don't think they've really had a lower level infielder like Luis this hyped up since probably like Lavero Peguero and that was a couple years ago before they traded him to the Pirates but Man, like I think he, if I'm not mistaken, he kind of fizzled when he got called up to uh to Vasalia. Fizzled, but when, I, like I think he's had very few abs there. Yeah, I think. Uh, let's see. He had 36 at bats, 257, 310, 417 slash. But oh, what's four his home age? Runs. Age to level. Yeah, he's uh, what is that yeah, like a 97? Yeah. So I've, what's the WRC like he, plus? Uh, hold on, I'm on. 95. I was close. Yeah. 95 at 18 at low A. That's not fizzling out. Like, not that he fizzled, but I'm talking like to the level of production he was doing at the complex leave. He came back down to earth and started to, you know, adjust to uh, high A pitching, but it wasn't a long enough sample size. Like, this is a guy that could easily, he's probably going to read, I would guess he probably repeats next year at uh, Visalia. This yes. is a guy that could easily, we're talking probably maybe the next big Diamondbacks prospect. It's either between him, Torin, or, uh, Tommy Troy. So I like all three. Why not all? Why not all? Yeah. Why not all of them? Maybe Drew Jones actually does something this year too. Stays right. healthy. <laughs> well, Vinny, it sounds like I might be three for three, but we got to keep things moving. 
Who's your next guy on the list? Well, you teased it a couple okay. uh, minutes ago. My next one is Dylan Head, outfielder for the San Diego Also on Padres. that list I gave. I'm also already on in. On the list, I'm in. When I did all of, every year, you know, uh, we're getting to the same time. Like uh, the year before the drafts, everything I look at, like the best, you know, prospects in the state I live in of Illinois. Dylan Head was number one. No doubt about it. Like I had questions about him watching him at like previous events leading up to this year. I saw this kid in person this year and was absolutely blown away. Like we're talking about contact speed. The body is a very strong, like a very strong upper body, very strong lower body. Like the body build is similar to a Wander Franco-esque, like a very muscular, just smooth swinging player. But this kid, man, he has some pop. Like, it's going to probably take a little bit to, to get into the pop, but I'm not ruling out, like, 20 home run type of power with him. The speed is 80-grade elite, probably the best speed in the class. I know talking with people coming into the draft this year, there was teams that viewed him higher than, like, Rike Bradfield of the Baltimore Orioles, like, similar profiles, but he was the high school version with more upside and arguably a little bit more speed. We saw him come out this year in the uh, Cal League, uh, uh, Lake Elsinore. And man, did he started off really slow, but he adjusted very quickly to the low A pitching and just really torched going into the playoffs. Like, man, I don't know. Like this, he like seeing him in person gave me eerily similar vibes to like a Corbin Carroll for talking body, uh, body projection and just same kind of feel. But then watching him run was like, why? Like I forgot I was sitting next to a scout and he timed him on a triple. It was like, I can't remember, but it was like 1.2 seconds or something, something like that. I might be completely butchering this. I'll have to go back and watch video. I have video on my Twitter if you want to go and look for it. I mean, obviously, he didn't go home to third in one point. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I can't remember the number, but it was something to the point where everyone just, like, looked at each other and was like, wow, this kid is unreal. But, like... I'm excited for him, Vinny. I'm super excited for him, too. This is officially, though, now the highest rostered guy one of us has picked. So, boom. I'm not playing... I'm not the only one playing on easy mode now. Yeah. But, uh... Dylan had another first year player draft guy, right? So yeah, I won't dig too much into him. Cause I want to talk a, a lot about him going uh, when we do our first year player drafts, but he's going to really under draft in those right now. Okay. Well, how about I go then with my next guy? Who's also a first year player draft guy, uh, but he is currently in, uh, in these first year player draft guys, the roster percentage will rise. He's only rostering 2% of leagues right now. Uh, and it might be because he was drafted in the seventh round by an organization that is awful. Uh, it's Trevor Werner of the uh, Kansas City Royals. And uh, okay, before I go on, I must say this is, is going to be a controversial thing. Going back to Dylan Head, his parents spelled his name wrong. So if you're looking for him, it's D-I-L-L-O-N. That is not how you spell Dylan in my mind. I don't care how controversial yeah. that is. But that's how you find it. It's Head spelled normally, but D-I-L-L-O-N. Uh, the reason I'm saying that because I'm looking at Trevor Werner's name and his last name spelled W-E-R-N-E-R, Kansas City Royal. All right. First-year player guy drafted out of Texas A&M, I want to say. 
a, a, col- a college in Texas, let's just say that, yeah. where he went on to put absolutely elite exit velos. However, and why he fell in the draft. Uh, and when I say uh, elite exit velos, I'm not just talking like average exit velocity. I'm talking like 90 per- uh, 90th percentile exit velo, uh, which has been kind of proven to be the more predictive uh, stat to look at when you're trying to project someone's power. Uh, but I want to say in college, his was 107 miles per hour. That's the number that sticks in my head. Um, but he had some poor contact in college. I think he struck out 26% of the time is the, is the number in my head, which if it was in the minors, isn't necessarily concerning, but at a level where he should be dominating as a future uh, prospect, that type of strikeout rate and his contact rates were a little concerning. So he falls to the seventh round. The Royals take him. Well, he ends up making it to low A. He, I think he, he may have played like four games in a complex league before they were like, all right, this guy way too good for this level. Let's send him up to low A. And low A dropped his dropped his K rate to 20, uh, 23%, much more respectable. His contact rates elevated to uh, an above average level. I think I saw in Baseball America one standard deviation above average uh, contact rates his profile is looking entirely different now. He's keeping the, the 90th percentile exit below. It's now up to 108 miles per hour at low A. He hits eight home runs in a short time there and steals eight bags. I think this dude might be an absolute steal for the Royals and probably their next. I, I mean, Vinny P, is that too high a praise? He's way faster than Vinny P. So I don't know. What do you think, Vinny? That's kind of funny you bring this guy up because I actually know who he is. This guy, I watched oh. a little bit of him at, towards the end of the season uh, in the Carolina League. He destroyed the Myrtle Beach Pelicans, which is the Cubs' low-A affiliate. Like, he, they could not get this kid out. Like, he is so good at just getting the ball in play and just having tough at-bats. Like, this is one of these guys that we go back, you know, a year later and we're like, wow, why, why, why the hell was he in the seventh round? Or, like, why is he so late going undrafted? Like, the bat's pretty special with him. And, you know, if he can get the defense up to just solid, like this, this is a nice solid everyday guy. Like, and it's a guy definitely worth taking a, a risk on. And I, and I will say, I will clarify. I don't mean to comp him to Vinny P as a style of player. I mean, similar breakout level, uh, just because there are, it's the easy pick when, when he's in the Royals organization, but a guy who who's putting up really good numbers and people like, yeah, okay. Okay. And then, and then eventually people just like all right he's a top he's a top prospect i i can see Vinny's not as convinced but i love the power i love the athleticism and the speed um i think he's a guy that could i don't i think on the when i when i'm talking about the steals maybe the best case scenario is like 10 steals but that is that's not nothing for a corner infielder who's going to be a power first guy I remember 108 miles per hour 90th percentile exit below is is just absolutely ridiculous Above average contact rates. What what more do you want in a prospect? All right, Vinny, I've talked I've talked enough. What's your who's your next prospect? My next one is uh, former Miami Marlins shortstop traded in the David Robertson trade, Marco Vargas. Uh, you know, I when I look in, I've pro- I think I may have talked about him earlier this year. I don't know if I have. If we're talking about just a guy that pops off the screen when you're watching someone, it is. Marco Vargas easily probably I man like looking at their system 
he's up there probably in the top three with just best pure hit tools in the system. The Mets, like they have Acuna Jr. They have Gilbert, they have Williams, you know, he's up there. Like, honestly, I think he might be a little underranked looking at all the, you know, the The only 6%, the advanced stats of what he did at the complex. And then his little stint in low a this year, we're talking about a, Let's let's start here. We're talking about a 17.5% walk rate on top of a 23.5% walk rate when he went uh, coming from the Marlins. A sub 20% strike rate until it's a little short sample size in low A, but it was still a 16.5 to a 22% K to walk rate. 440, 421 BABIP, 309 average, 419 OBP, 308 slug, 371 Woba, 115 WRC plus like you can definitely tell this kid is like on the cusp of just a massive, massive 2024. It is a smaller body currently right now at six foot 170. He is 18 years old and he's six months to into his 18th birthday. So he'll probably spend like a month or two next year at, uh, at being 18 at low eight, but, I'm telling you, like watching this kid hit baseballs, like the hit tool is legit. It's just absolutely legit with this kid. The big unlocking question for him is power. Is if the power will come, the body's still young. Like we could be talking. I I feel like I've said this almost uh, besides like two players this year, but like if he comes in with a bigger body and some more muscle, like the swing is lofty enough and he gets under the ball. And you pair that with a 60 hit tool, he's gonna find home runs. It just depends on how many. He's probably he's probably gonna be ran out as a shortstop his whole entire Miley career, but I don't know if that's where he ends up with the Mets just because of how loaded they are. He might be one of these guys we see get moved, you know, at the deadline or something like the next couple of years. Because he is you know, being in the same system as Luis Alan Halacuna and Jet Williams is not good for your future with the team. But he's interesting to probably another team massively just because of the 60 hit tool but like if there's one thing i always want to bet on with prospects it is hit tool if you have a hit you can't teach a hit tool you can you know you can learn or you know get lucky into power but the hit tool is something you can't learn and he is good at pitch recognition good at being patient at the plate he's a smart hitter he doesn't just limit himself to like a slap to the left and he's not a slap hitter he doesn't limit himself like left field right field he spreads it all across the field like this is the type of guy you usually are not bitten on if you want to bet on him, but like it's pretty solid. I I'm most confident out of all these guys. I'm confident on Vargas. Hate to break it to you, Vinny, but I will not be putting him on my watch list, but that's because he's already rostered. Yeah. I, I still like what you said. I, I like the call is a breakout. Um, and just one other quick note, uh, this is unrelated to Vargas, but because you mentioned him and we're talking about breakouts, all y'all out there, who, took, who say Jet Williams is the breakout of the year. You can take Jet Williams, shove him up your butt. Roman Anthony was the breakout of the year, not Jet Williams. Jet Williams, number two, distant number two. Roman Anthony, number one. Thank you to very th- much. Throw some water on your fire, though. I would rather have Jet Williams than I would have Marcelo Meyer, though. I don't care. I'm not a Red Sox fan you anymore. Should. <laughs> but you'd oh, rather yeah. have Roman Anthony, right? Oh, yeah. I'd rather have Roman Anthony than a lot of people. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, we, but you're not a Red Sox fan. <laughs> no, I'm just Roman Anthony fan. Ah, okay. 
I can keep some of my old loves. I think it's okay to like one or two Red Sox prospects as a as a Yankee fan, especially since Breslow's gonna go in there and trade them all for bad pitching. Yeah. Fingers crossed. You dark. Really. All right, my last guy, Vinny, and then I think you've got one one last guy. I'm gonna yeah. I'm finally getting to my zero percent rostered guy. I'm double checking. But I believe yes. Zero percent rostered. It's Luis de leon uh starting pitcher for the baltimore orioles i really like this guy i don't understand why he's zero percent rostered um i I, i'm not gonna go out there and make a bold claim that he's like a he's a top 100 prospect but i think he's quite good and and my analysis here is is based on two facts uh or sorry not facts two things that i like one the profile and how he's performed i always want to see him performing well but also just the organization he's in, which uh, I don't know. Many people say the Baltimore Orioles, because they look at their MLB staff, they think they struggle with pitching. But Baseball uh, America put out their um, organizational rankings for pitching, and the Orioles did come in fourth place overall in their in their uh, best organizations uh, of pitching talent. I don't think they were like measuring how good they are at developing pitching. They were just simply taking their top pitching prospects one of whom I like to think is De Leon and measuring up against every other system. And they said the Orioles come in fourth. Uh, the Orioles actually, though, ranked first in left-handed pitching, which De Leon also happens to be a left-handed pitcher. So he's in an organization that knows how to find pitching, knows how to develop pitching, and really knows left-handed pitching. So he checks those boxes. I already like his placement in the Orioles uh, system. But more than that, I like what I see from him in uh, his actual start. So he started the year at the complex league he had six starts there. He had an 11.85 uh, K per nine decent. But what I really like is he had a 63% ground ball rate. The reason I like uh, a high ground ball rates, and I believe that would have ranked him fourth at the level <clears throat> uh, is you can just limit damage. You'll notice if you look at him, he's got a, a higher BABIP uh, and a higher strand rate than you would expect but that is part of the profile of being a ground ball pitcher, a guy that can generate balls hit into the ground and a guy that can generate swing and misses. I said 11.85 K per nine is going to get good results. And that's why he had a 1.65 ERA at the complex league. Now here's where it gets better in my mind. He then gets called up uh, to low a where he makes five more additional starts. His K rate drops a little as to be expected goes to a 10.59 K per nine, but his ground ball rate skyrockets it was already fourth highest at the level skyrockets 73.4 percent he's getting better coaching now higher up in their system and his ground ball rate is even higher 73.4 percent now how high is that it's tops in all of in all of low a it's tops he has the best ground ball rate 2.39 era as a result he has some walk issues but i trust the organization i trust the profile of the pitcher being a guy that can miss bats and generate contact into the ground. To me, he's a safe bet at 0% rostered. I feel like he's a no-brainer breakout pick. What do you think, Vinny? Yeah, I kind of like that. Like I, I use a similar kind of uh, guide to finding pitching. I really love the ground ball rate just because it does limit damage. And I also like looking at left on base percentage too. But yeah, at this point, I don't think you can really go wrong with a Baltimore Orioles pitcher. Like we've seen so many of them, you know, maybe not have starting pitching success, but like come up in the bullpen. Like I was huge on DL Hall. I thought he was 
at one point I thought he was better than Grayson Rodriguez, which well, we can there's still still out to see who's better yet, but man, watching him in the playoffs this year as a relief pitcher, I'm excited for him this year. Like it's such a safe system that I, you can't go wrong with it. I, I really can't believe that I, a, a renowned Yankees fan, ha, have gone with – I had five – I only went with five breakouts and somehow ended up with a Red Sox breakout, a shout-out for Roman Anthony, and then a Baltimore Orioles breakout here in Luis de Leon, which is spelt like it sounds. That's my last guy. Vinny, you've got one last guy here. Yes. Who'd you I save have- for last? I saved Yapri Rodriguez of the Milwaukee. Okay, Brewers. you're gonna need to spell that name for sure. Yapri. Y O P H E R Y Rodriguez. Man, like watching him and like looking at the stats, it's very similar to kind of the DSL performance of Emmanuel Rodriguez of 2021, or was that 2022? Man, I, I don't know. Man, my timelines are all messed up, but. Man, we're talking about a big 17-year-old kid with some big power and a very good ability to just absolutely throw the barrel at baseballs. Like, it's a, it's almost a wiry, strong frame, kind of like a, not like height comparison to, to Kevin Alcantara, but like a similar muscle build of the upper body. The, the swing is weird, though. Like, it almost feels like there's a hitch in his swing but he uses it to his advantage and like, he's very good at spreading the ball around. Like there's very good opposite. Like he's a very knowledgeable hitter and he knows how to play with the ball. My only concern with him is a 47.2% ground ball rate. Like that's a little sketchy, but if we look back at, uh, Emmanuel Rodriguez's 20, whatever year, he was a sub 100 hitter with a 50% ground ball rate with 12 home runs. We're talking about a guy who had 224 plate appearances at 17 years old, had six home runs, 13 doubles, two triples, and walked more than struck out with a sub-200 ISO. You really don't see that that much. Like the 289 Babbitt, okay, but like 393 OBP, 449 Slug, 409 Woba, 125 WRC+. Plus. Like, And we've seen now a track record steadily of the Milwaukee Brewers developing these outfielders out of nowhere. Churio, Lara, Mendez, eh, kind of, but... Man, I, I it's kind of hard to now bet against the Milwaukee Brewers and developing hitters. This this kid might he might be a sneaky sneaky name going into next year just because his stance don't look as good as they should at the DSL, but watching him and just watching video of him he screams upside. I uh I uh like what you're saying, but I still am stuck on this kid's name. Are you how confident are you that it's pronounced Yap? Yapri, Yapri, what'd you Yapiri? say? Yapri, 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 yeah, it's spelled Y O P H E R Y, Yapri, yeah, Yapri. I don't know, I, like, I can't find anyone like have a pronunciation of it. I found no one saying yeah, it. Yeah, it's so. so hard with the young guys to find. So I'm going with Yafri. So Yafri, until I'm well, corrected, he's Yafri Red. I like the call. <laughs> I, I I like the name. I think I think these. Uh, it's a cool name. I think the unusual names. It sounds absurd, like absurd analysis. But I do think a name like Yafri Rodriguez, Jordani Monegro. Yeah, those guys just get rostered because they're memorable names, and it yeah. sounds it does sound really stupid, but that like, matters in fantasy. Yeah, like there's a really good ring to like Yafri Rodriguez, top 100 prospect. Like there's stuff like that too. 
Yeah, and, and I, I, let me clarify, it doesn't matter for performance in fantasy, oh, I, but it does matter for value. And uh, and the I play the prospect game. I, I'm almost exclusively looking to trade the guys I pick up. I I'm I see very few make it through. Now, someone like I do have Roman Anthony. I just need to balance out by saying I also have like heck, uh, Henry Lalonde, Lalonde, well, I don't know how to say it, Yankees pitcher. I have Chase Hampton. I have my Yankees, my favorite team. But I have Roman Anthony. He's a guy I'll probably see through. There's some guys you just can't trade. But yeah, for the most part, I, all this stuff factors in to evaluating a player. And that's ultimately what we're trying to do with our breakouts. Pick guys that we think are going to be valued more tomorrow than they are today. And I think we came up with a good list. What what did we say, Vinny? Your, your hit rate was somewhere between 60%. Yeah, it's and, like somewhere between 60 and 89% if you take out yeah. injuries. I like the I like our picks. I I don't yeah. see why why we can't be even better than that. Yeah, I'll never toot my own horn, but like these are the guys. If, like if I like the guys, you know, that's fine. Listen to me or li- don't listen to me. Listen, it's you. just my say, Listen, <laughs> nah, you gotta you you gotta listen to Vinny. Li- listening to me is far more of a question. But you heard it. At least my first three guys, I could tell Vinny liked. I don't know if you liked the last two. I think you were a little bit interested in daily home. I'm not sure how you felt about Werner, but so maybe don't listen to me, but you, you got my thoughts. Yeah. We're, like I said, man, I, I remember Werner just because he just was killing my cubs at low A. So, <laughs> so, so the truth is you don't want to like him because you, you, that, that specific day you hated him. Oh yeah, uh, he was not fun to watch. Yeah, it's hard to get over that. I, I remember when I became a Yankees fan. One of the, one of the hardest parts was like, and I still really can't do it. Like talking myself into liking Derek Jeter. I don't know if I can ever do that because of the hatred I have from him from when I, he was playing against my team, and now now he is the captain of the, of my team. I mean, not anymore, but he was at some point. Like, how do I handle that? I don't know. It's hard. Don't know. Just have to move on eventually. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Maybe when he comes back to to Yankee Stadium, I'll, I'll give him some applause. But he, he's a he's a relic of, of the past when I didn't like the Yankees as much. But, Vinny, that was our show. Those were our breakouts. We gave you 11 guys. Uh, I noticed your list last year, quite a long list, nine guys. We have 11 this year. I think Vinny approved. I'm going to say Vinny approved four of my guys. So Vinny approved 10 guys and uh, we're going to count that on your record now. (laughs) That's fine. Next year we'll revisit at the, when we do our breakouts next year, we'll revisit and we'll see Um, where we'll revisit Trevor Warner and we'll see was how good was he actually, or was he, is he just a Cubs killer? Yeah. He'll be interesting to watch. I'll have eyes on him this year at uh, high uh, quad city. So I'll, uh, I'll tell you, tell you how he is. Yeah. can't wait to find out. Well, that is just the beginning of our off-season coverage here for Triple Play Fantasy and on the call-up. As always, be sure to check out everything that Triple Play Fantasy has to offer. It has been a while since we last talked, but Vinny, I think you made an appearance on one of our other podcasts, didn't you? Yeah, I was on the baseball uh, second-half breakout rookies last week. So you want more Vinny? 
I was, it was, it was just last week. Okay. I wasn't sure because it, yeah. it has been way too long, but we'll be more consistent now about getting you guys good content. We're already talking about some guests and some plans uh, we have for the off season, uh, but be sure to uh, follow us on YouTube. We showed some videos in the podcast. If you're listening, you're only getting 75% of the experience. So be sure to, to subscribe on YouTube, like whatever the people say. Uh, of course, if you listen to on podcasts, we still appreciate that. Uh, but for Vinny, I'm Josh. Thank you for listening to the call up this week. We'll see you soon.